It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Long time no see. It's the North Idaho PrepCast back after our spring break, spring break hiatus uh, here on IdahoSports.com. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined by our Viking from the North, Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Ryan? What's going on? Long time no see. Yeah, it's it's been a couple weeks. So we took a week off uh, after state basketball because we always take a, a week off in between seasons to kind of uh, decompress. Uh, but I'm a big idiot and didn't realize that the following week was spring break. And guess what? Like everybody's busy. Like yeah. the schools are busy and don't have time to get back to us. But also like our like our broadcasters are you know doing stuff with their kids and uh, enjoying spring break. So we we missed two weeks in a row, but we won't miss again until the end of the season. How's that? Except stuff? except I'm on spring break with my kid this week. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a week. Uh, we're I, we're I lanes the week after. Yeah, after the rest of the state. So. I always forget about that. Well, too bad. We don't start <laughs> until after Labor Day. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Hour behind everybody else week ahead in spring or week after in spring break. So anyways, okay. we'll well, thank, <laughs> thank you for carving some time out of your spring break schedule to hop on Ryan. We appreciate it. No worries. Yeah. All right. So what's, uh, what's on the docket? A lot of spring sports activities uh, have been off and running, but we're going to look one more time at basketball season because last weekend in Coeur d'Alene at uh, NIC North Idaho college, we have the 20th annual Idaho statewide all-star basketball games, Ryan, you and I were both there for it. Two really exciting games. It's team yeah. Metro, which is district three, basically versus team region, which is everywhere else. Uh, the Metro girls won 84 to 80, but the region boys won 116 to 115. Two really tight games. Yeah. I mean, in an all-star game too, you kind of have to spread the wealth as far as playing time and things of that nature. I think, you know, we talked about it during the game a little bit um, in the boys game that it was two different games going on. Um, I think that that starting five group for the region team was flat dominant. Um, but there were some absolute bright spots, I believe, in that game, too. Um, and not to I know this is the North Idaho prep cast, but um, I was really impressed with A.J. Le- LeBeau from from Timberline. That kid was flat impressive against Blake Buchanan um, and had a real I think he had 21 points in the game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and Blake obviously got the MVP honors and the slam dunk honors, but um, two extremely exciting games. That girls game was um, impressive. I really liked um, the effort and I was super impressed with Melba, those players that from Melba, that that trio that that came up for that game um, on the girls side were super competitive. I mean, they played with a ton of heart, uh, but it was good to see some of the girls get, you know, time on the court for one last time too, like Maddie Simmons and, um, being able to play in her gym that she was raised in because her dad's the coach at NIC. Um, that was a pretty cool moment to see her finish her high school career in that gymnasium at NIC and, um, you know, see some of the small school players too step up in big ways. Like, you know, Kristen Wemhoff and Tara Schlater both had respectable games for the region team as well. Um, and it was, it was nice to see, you don't, you always talk about it that like we want to see the, the small school kids play with the big school kids. And, you know, especially we talk about like the lap ways of the world and stuff like that. And, and can the one a D one and D two kids compete? And they flat did. I mean, they showed up, there was some really good performances from, you know, class two a and smaller um, that showed up in those games. And they, I mean, they were really, really good players and difference makers in both, in both ball games. 
Yeah, and that boys game for Team Region, your two leading scores, they both tied, I believe, with 19 points. It was Blake Buchanan from 5A Lake City and then Vander Brown from from yep. 1A D1 Lakeside. And and so Vander Brown was there from Lakeside. Terrell Ellenwood Jones was there from Lapway. Uh, you know, midway through the boys game, the Lapway boys basketball coach Zach Eastman came in and, and sat down in the bleachers and we're like, oh yeah, he's he's taking in the action. Well, he was taking in the action, but also uh, after the game was over, he was then <laughs> taking he was taking Vander Brown and Terrell Ellenwood Jones to go play in another tournament somewhere else. So they were getting yeah. in their hoops. I think they had to go drive to the west side, if I'm not mistaken, um, <laughs> for a tournament over in Western Washington. Um, so they got some hoops in, you know, before their their respective high school careers ended. But um, I was super impressed with Vander. Like I've always been impressed with, with him as a, as a person too. Um, but just as a competitor, that, that kid doesn't quit. And I think that's one thing that I look at kind of one of those unsung high school players in the state of Idaho that, you know, we could be talking about years to come. That's like, you know, who's a player that didn't get the notoriety that they should, but was a flat dominant basketball. And that was Vander, in my opinion. He's one of those guys that, I mean, gosh, last year he averaged 35 points a game. Um, for the Knights this year, he ends up, you know, averaging less, but I think he had a better cast around him and they end up winning a state championship, um, that, you know, that's just one, you know, one kid that plays that just goes extremely hard. And, um, I was really impressed and got to, you know, talk with a few of the kids, you know, after the breakfast and stuff too. And, um, you know, talk with them before and after the game as well. And it was really neat to just be around, um, that event and get to know some of these players that a lot of them, the one thing that really stands out is the humility. Some these kids are so humble and I mean, they're great competitors, but they just, you know, they're the ones that show up early and leave late. Um, and they're there for their teammates and, you know, it shows on the court and that's how they end up in these all-star games because they're willing to give the extra effort. Yeah. So it was a fun weekend of basketball, uh, great people, great humans on, on showcase, uh, as Absolutely. well. And uh, both coaches, Nicole Simmons uh, for Coeur d'Alene on the girls' side, James Two Teeth from Lakeside on the boys' side, both did a great job uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's move to spring sports now, where we had uh, a lot of spring break, not up north, but spring break <laughs> tournaments um, taking place down in the Treasure Valley, and and some North Idaho teams went down to play. Uh, Lewiston, Coeur d'Alene baseball teams, Post Falls baseball team. They were all south last week uh, enjoying the weather. Um, but before we get to the baseball and softball action, I think you and I both would say, you know, we're big track and field guys. Uh, yeah. Did you you did you ever coach track and field? Ryan? I didn't coach track. I ran track in high school, though. But yeah, okay. I didn't. I never coached it. I coached tennis like Sean Kane. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Tennis. I, I couldn't remember which spring sport. I'm it was. one of the <laughs> least likely looking tennis player you'd ever see. <laughs> <laughs> so, right yeah no it was because my winter sport because i coached wrestling was always the first one to end so that's how i got suckered into doing tennis right well sp <laughs> speaking of tennis you know uh just looking at teams we think it will do well lewiston always seems to be uh, excellent in tennis sandpoint sandpoint's gonna be flat dominant this year i'm just gonna say watch out for them that bulldog team is loaded and and it's 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 unfortunate that uh in terms of the number of athletes that are represented at state from each district a team from the North is it's going to be very hard for a team from the North the way it currently is to ever win a, a state oh, championship in yeah. tennis because the deck is already stacked against them because they, they just don't get as many athletes um, advancing as teams from district three state of Ada do. So yeah, you would have to basically sweep the doubles events 
and maybe sneak a champion or a runner up in the boys and girls singles in order to have a chance just because of numbers. And that's really yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. And, but there'll be great individuals, great doubles teams that mm-hmm. go down to state and compete from North Idaho, Lewiston standpoint, uh, Coeur d'Alene charter has had a few excellent players over the past couple yeah. of years. Those are kind of the teams uh, we're keeping an eye on. And the Coeur d'Alene boys are also off to a good start mm-hmm. um, in tennis, but, but track and field, I, I did track and field in high school as well. We didn't have baseball. I probably would have played baseball, but uh, Montana just this year is finally playing high school baseball. I saw that. That's pretty awesome. First time it's a, it's an all classification, kind of like girls wrestling for the first year. It's all classifications will compete <laughs> under one banner. Um, and so we'll see how that goes, but, but here in Idaho, uh, baseball, well-established as is track and field. So I'm a big track and field guy. So are you, um, and already big track and field news at post falls high, especially on the girls side. Yeah. Anna Peters getting another school record, um, and Capri Sims setting the school record in the shot put too. I mean, both those events took place down in Lewiston, um, at the event down there, which, you know, if you look at early season meets and everything, Lewiston obviously gets a little bit better weather than, you know, the rest of North Idaho. Um, so, you know, they go down there and it was like 63 degrees. So the weather was warmer. You're going to get faster times. And it showed up early. I mean, even Post Falls boys, four by two team had had some roasting times as well. And they're winning that meet. But um, yeah, I mean, I like that early, early season event to try to see, you know, plus you get some small school kids that show up too that end up, you know, making some times like last year we saw um back from highland put out some really good times the orfino kids had some good throws and good times down there too so um a really good event and i look at north idaho this year there's i don't think there's going to be a state team title necessarily being very competitive out of north idaho this year but certainly there's going to be a lot of champions individual champions that come out of north idaho um timberlake at 3a in the distance on the boys side i really like um you got quarterline charter on the girls' side at 3A in the distance events. They're going to be dominant again. Um, I look at Bonner's Ferry at 3A. I think that their girls' teams can get some um, some medals there at state. I don't necessarily know if they're going to win championships, but they'll certainly finish in the top five. Um, and then at 4A, I mean, I think you get like the jumpers from Moscow. Uh, Sandpoint's got some other event runners, hurdlers that tend to be really good as well, like Rusty Lee. Um, so I think that there's going to be some champions coming out of 4A as well. And then 5A, I like Lake City girls in the sprints. I think those events are going to play really well uh, to the strengths of the T-Wolves. And Coeur d'Alene, I think, is going to compete a little bit too on the girls' side as well. I think that they've worked hard and they got some some times that are, are turning some heads. And then the Bengals have, you know, down Lewis, and they've got some individuals that are going to be very respectable as well. Yeah, um, and I know uh, Orofino has had really strong throwers the last mm-hmm. couple of years, boys and girls. So, yeah, between Districts 1 and 2, there's going to be a lot of good, fun individuals to watch. So, yeah, the, the post-falls records were set at the first meet of the year. It was the annual Sweeney invite in Lewiston. Uh, Capri Sims, her shot put throw was 41 feet, two and a half inches. So that's the new shot put record at post-falls high. And then uh, Anna Peters, Anastasia Peters, um, she sets the new two mile, the 3,200 meter run 11 minutes, 33.29 seconds. Uh, the record was, was not even a year old skags. Sam, Sammy Wood set the record last year. <laughs> we remember what a great runner Sammy Wood was 11 minutes, 34.64 seconds. So Anna Peters basically gets a second under that to, uh, reset the record for the second time in as many years. You know, the other thing too, that I've noticed that like, 
you know, I haven't seen many, I haven't, I haven't seen Kendrick's track team turn out yet. And I heard a bunch about Nathan Twite out of Kendrick in the 400. Um, and so I'm interested to see if he gets on the track this spring, um, what kind of times he will turn out unless he's playing baseball, then it's a moot point. But um, we can talk about that later on in the, in the prep cast too. And we break down baseball, but yeah, I, I mean, you look at post falls and, that's that record setting. I mean, Anna's going to break that thing probably like six or seven times this year. Um, I'm just going to be honest, like as the weather warms up, those times are going to keep clipping down. So um, yeah, looking for big things from, from post falls and, and you know, the core of that girls team. Yeah. So uh, Nathan Twite does not play baseball. Uh, yeah. Kendrick. Okay. So, so we're good there. So, I mean, I'm just looking to see if he's going to, I'm on the track and field site and I don't see any times from Kendrick yet. So, yeah, um, I'm, I, was, I'm, I was told big things from him um, from one of their teachers. And so that's why I'm looking forward to seeing if he ends up on the on the track this spring. OK, his his middle school times were pretty impressive. Ran. They were. So. So, yeah, um, weather. Right. <laughs> we're, we're we're a little slow to start in some places, uh, certainly. So, yes, Nathan Twite, what a freshman year he's had at Kendrick High for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, sometimes, and sometimes these athletes do do both right they'll play softball and run track or baseball and track especially at the smaller schools they're not going to turn away any athletes that want to help out sure sure i mean shoot we had a basketball player at the all-star game that wrestled and played basketball so yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure gracie castillo from garden valley um so that's kind of what we're looking at in track and field and we'll have more track and field results as more competitions are run and the weather gets a little bit better um all right let's let's talk baseball where uh we had uh, as i've mentioned uh post falls quarter lane lewiston lakeland moscow sandpoint they were all in the boise area last week competing at various uh tournaments um you've got uh, I guess the big story is since we've hopped on to record Ryan, two different no hitters at two <laughs> different levels have been thrown. Yeah. Um, you had, let's start with Silas Naranjo from Orofino. He threw a no hitter against uh, Clearwater Valley at the South Fork Slug Fest that's hosted by Clearwater Valley. So yeah. I mean, throw, yeah. That's a great performance over a decent team, too. I mean, throwing a no no over a state competitor is is impressive regardless of the level you're doing it at and that tournament was was deceptively competitive i mean it was pretty select as far as picking some of the better teams you know from southeastern washington and uh and north idaho and and bringing some schools in to play in that tournament down there in kooski and um you know a great event you know silas narano showing up and and throwing that no-no early this early in the year is impressive i mean that that shows the work that that maniac team has been doing you know winning state last year and they're looking to repeat repeat this year i think they got their hands full a little bit in their conference i don't necessarily know if it's going to be a cakewalk for them but um that that team's certainly loaded and locked and ready for you know a great season yeah and let's just stop down and take a look at what's going on in the two-way ranks um in that central idaho league you've got Orofino off to a seven and two start, which is outstanding. Nobody else has even played like, you know, four games. It's been really tough for anyone to get action in. Um, You've got, I think personally, Kellogg is going to be excellent again. Kellogg nearly got to state last year, right? They, they lost out to Bonners Ferry uh, up in, in the three a IML. And now they're a two a St. Mary's got to state last year. They were kind of the Cinderella, right? They had the sub 500 record, got hot at the right time, got to state played pretty well for like the number eight seed. Um, So, you know, St. Mary's, I think will be in the mix. 
Um, and Grangeville in the past has had kind of a strong baseball program. I think they're like so many other sports is just getting enough bodies, but yeah, um, Grangeville could be sneaky too. Yeah, I think, but it's definitely a three-way race in that conference. I think that there could be some beating up on each other depending on who's on the bump on any given day. But um, you know, Kellogg brings the bats. That's one thing I look at that. I mean, they can they can strike the ball pretty dang well. Um, you know, and you got athletes out there too. You got the Luna twins that are, you know, roaming around on the field or either on the bump or, you know, at the plate too. They hit really well as well, but they've got other players that contribute. Um, St. Mary's is one. They brought back so many of those kids from last year's team that made that run that you spoke of that, you know, I looked St. Mary's could be super competitive, but Orfino, ultimately I look at the core of what they brought back. You know, they're my personal favorite to win the, the title at two a again, but um, obviously it takes, you know, completing the uh, task at hand as we've learned in spring sports. Um, and uh, I, lo- I look at that team and, and there's just some opportunities there that, um, yeah, I mean, I think Orfino, they may take a couple losses here and there because they did schedule pretty heavy, but um, it could be uh, plus they have the best field in the state of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest about that one too. They got good friendly confines down there. So yes. um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun season to watch out of the CIL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the second no-hitter that uh, took place since we last came on to record was at the 3A level, and it was against St. Mary's, speaking of the Lumberjacks. Uh, Caden Robinette of uh, Timberlake threw a no-hitter against St. Mary's, and this is a two-team race up, up in 3A, right? It's Timberlake, it's Bonners. Bonners won the district last year, uh, got to state, um, went to and out, but, but they bring back a lot of those key pieces. Their top mm-hmm. two pitchers are back. In Tegan Banning and uh, Bateman, it's a good one-two combo for Coach yep. Tom Turpin. Um, and so the onus to me is on Timberlake to try and break through. But Timberlake's got good athletes, also. Yeah, Timberlake comes up and they play consistent. You know, that was the thing that we saw with the regular season last year is they played so consistent throughout the regular season. They just ran into a really good Bonners Ferry and Kellogg team um, that competed really well in that that conference. Now it's a two-team league and. Um, it really does come down to that series that's going to decide the district championship at the end. I, you know, you could say it's sixes because I think both teams bring back so many pieces within the fielding aspect of it. But I give the pitching edge, obviously, to the Badgers. Um, I think that they bring just a few more arms to the table. So I'm going to say that eh, if this season favors Bonners Ferry, but, you know, Timberlake's a good a good team in their own right. So, I mean, it's going to be a competitive league. And yet, you know, it's going to be basically, I think, a best of three series yep. to determine who goes. I mean, if Robinette, who's already thrown a no hitter this year, comes out and gets a win for Timberlake in game one, yeah, all of a sudden Bonners is the team that's, you know, back yeah. into a corner. I don't know. Especially and, if there's a couple of days rest in between, he may get a throw twice. That's the thing. And that, that right. could be the deciding factor. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, that's going to be fun um, to, to watch those two navigate all season long. Um, let's, let's, let's hop down to the one a, and then we'll talk about the, the inland empire league. Uh, the storyline with one a baseball is in the history of one a baseball, since they changed from the a one, tier a3 a4 yeah yeah to yeah. to the present um which was in the early 2000s the white pine league has never lost yep. a state championship game district two has won all of the state baseball championships in the history of 1a baseball and if we're being honest that trend is going to continue this year district three doesn't have much um the question is is which team will it be 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, we can make all the guesses we want like last year, and then we end up getting the fourth place team winning state. So it doesn't really matter what we think. Um, but, you know, it could be Troy again. You never know. But I like, I think Paul Latch has some, has some good promise to that program. Clearwater Valley again. Look at Prairie. Prairie is a sneaky team out there too with returning some good players as well. And, you know, can Kendrick show up out of that, you know, the, we talk about basketball, them being a one, a D two team, but you know, they play in just the one a. So, I mean, that, that whole league, I believe is, is sep- no, there's no separation there if I'm right. Yes. Correct. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I look at Kendrick as a, as a contender. I really do. They, they've got pitching, they've got feeling, they've got athletes. Um, you know, so like it's not, it would not surprise me one bit if we never bet against the tigers this year. I mean, they've found a way to win almost. It seems everything. Why not baseball too? So, um, yeah, I think that it's going to be a very balanced league, though. I mean, you look at it flat out, it's more dominant than any other conference in the state of Idaho, and it's not even close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, the right team getting hot at the right time. I mean, that's all it's going to take. But I definitely look at the state champion will once again come out of the north. Um, it's just kind of a matter of drawing straws and who is it going to be. Yeah, and you'll remember last year the the district tournament was wild where uh, the, the top seed was Genesee, Troy was the two seed. <laughs> Kamii was three, Kendrick was four, Clearwater Valley was five, Prairie was six. Well, right away, Prairie knocked out Kamii in the do or die, you know, single elimination mm-hmm. game, and and Clearwater Valley knocked out Kendrick. So your three and four seeds gone like that. Yeah. Then Clearwater Valley and and uh, Prairie both upset Genesee and Troy, the one and yep. two seeds. So you had Genesee and Troy basically playing for third and fourth place. And it was almost inversed where, you know, Prairie came in as the last seed. They won the district. Then it was Clearwater Valley, second lowest, who took second. It was almost like reverse order. Yeah. Um, and then, of and, course, Troy came in as the, you know, three seed out of districts in, in one state. So Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, just the nature of how things work. And like I said, bet against what you don't think is going to happen. I think that's pretty much how it's going to work out. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of talent to go around in that conference. And so I think it's a, you know, and any given day, it could be any team winning in that conference. And you may see somebody with a close to 500 record and win state. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yes. So yeah, when you look at this year's league, um, I really do think there's a, a good clump of teams that are capable with. Yeah. Troy, the defending champs, Genesee, which always has a strong team. Clearwater Valley is going to be excellent. Prairie is going to be solid. Kendrick, I think, could could break through. That's kind of the big five to me. You know, Ken Potlatch. I think they're know. lurking. I really do with the talent, with the kids they got back. They're lurking. Yeah. So. And, and another sneaky team, I think, could be Lewis County. You know, the yeah. Nez Perce Highland Co-op. Um, yeah. We'll that's see. a good. That's a good call there too. I think that there's there's talent to go around. And that just speaks to the nature of baseball in North Idaho. Um, you know, we look at we'll look at Lewiston here in a little bit, but I think that there's uh, there's definitely talent to go around to those smaller schools. And there's there's you know, like we said, we talk about arms. You get the right arm on the mound with enough days rest. I mean, you can win two three games in a row pretty easy. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump up to that five A four A Inland Empire League where they basically will play each other in, in conference games and then have their own separate standings um, at the four a level, you know, Sandpoint has been kind of uh, the team that's been the lead dog the last couple of years. Uh, but I will say that Sandpoint 
um, has already slipped a couple of times in conference to to Coeur d'Alene. So this is this is kind of the pitfall of it. Is Sandpoint's zero and two in league play? Well, yeah, both losses came to Coeur d'Alene. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, no. You look at the hole, and Sandpoint brings back a bunch of talent. I mean, they've got names, notable names on that roster, like Jack Zimmerman, and you know some of the other guys. They've got arms in that bullpen. Um, I think one team to keep an eye on for it is Moscow. I think Moscow could be sneaky good this year. They're really young. Um, but the the core of that team that they've got, I mean, if you look at that sophomore junior class, you got Isaacson and Hardig, and, and those kids play a lot of summer ball, and they do pretty well. I mean, they compete, at the, you know, in the, the summer leagues and stuff like that. So I look at that team, that Moscow team could be sneaky good, um, especially later in the year in a, you know, three-game series. Don't count them out at all. Don't count out the Bears. Yep. Uh, at the 5A level, Lewiston, the defending champs, um, they did they did lose a lot to uh, graduation, right? Um, Cruz Hepburn is now, you know, taking his talents to the next level, but they do bring back some some interesting pieces. Uh, Coeur d'Alene always seems to be solid. Looks like they've got pretty decent pitching. And of course, Lake City breaking in with a new coach this year um, yeah. after longtime coach Paul Manzardo uh, retired. Yeah, and let's give a shout-out to Manzardo's son. I mean, he was absolutely obliterating the baseball in AAA or in spring training. So, um, no, but uh, I look at the 5A league. I still think Lewiston's the favorite. They've got – I think they've got the complete team as far as getting to state and placing. You know, they've – we saw what they did. I think that when they lose to a Waihe 6-4, to four, um, you know, but Lewiston can hit. They can pitch, they can field. So you look at the big three areas of the of the game. Um, Coeur d'Alene, I think, has the pitching. I don't know if they've got, you know, what it takes at the plate right now. Um, that could come along as the season goes on, though, too. It's still really early in the year. Um, and it's just, the, you know, there's a big difference between hitting the ball in the cage and hitting the ball in the field. There's a huge difference with that. And so, you know, as the season progresses and you get more eyes on baseballs, it's uh, you know, I think things could get better. Post falls could struggle this year. They lost CD Sharples. They returned a couple decent players, but um, I think the the Lake City Cordelaine one two punch there, like the that could be a dark horse team. Uh, Lake City could sneaky good even with a coach, but he's been in the program for a long time, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the kids are familiar with him. But uh, I look at you know some of that lineup. There's some some good pieces coming back for the T Wolves. Yeah, early leaders in the 5A IEL batting average. Nolan Christ of Coeur d'Alene, uh, 5.45 batting average. These numbers will go down as the season yeah. goes along. <laughs> Chris Ricard, I think, for Lewiston is going to yep. be a good two-way player. 4.23 oh, average. Joe Decour from Lake City also batting uh, 4.23. Um, on the pitching side, if you look at you know the ERA leaders here in the early going, um, Isaac Ziegler yet to allow a run for post falls in, in five and two thirds innings, Nate Weatherhead for Lake city in five and a third innings. Uh, you've got Toby Elliott from Lewiston, Bryce Stockton from Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene to me, has got pitching depth, which I think yeah. would serve them well, but we'll see. Yeah. I think as we'll see, especially as the season goes on post falls, you know, deceptive a little bit, I think because of their schedule, they've had Moscow, I think for three games. Um, and then I don't, did, I'm not sure. Did they go to Boise or not? I can't remember if they made it down there or not. But um, Post Falls. Oh, yes. Post Falls did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at that. I mean, it's a conference that historically, you know, teams tend to beat up on each other a little bit. But then I think the cream rises to the top towards the end of the season. And we'll see, you know, those top two teams certainly pull away, especially like a Lewiston, I think, will 
flex a little bit as the season goes on. They get and plus they just get more games in down there, like weather wise. Right. So post falls went to the Bucks bag, uh, Bucks bags tournament um, in Boise and and went one and three. And then they had three competitive losses. They lost to Middleton four to one, Bora six to one, and Timberline three to two. So those are all pretty competitive uh, games for post falls. Yeah. You had uh, Lake City. Um, they were at the the uh, Rocky Mountain. So Rocky Mountain hosts its own spring break tournament kind of for 5A schools only. And that's where Lewiston, Coeur d'Alene, and Lake City were playing. Lake City also went one and four. They lost to Rocky, Eagle, and Madison. They beat Mountain View five to four. Um, Coeur d'Alene went down to that same tournament. And the Vikings went 0 and four. They lost to Highland, Rocky, Owyhee, and Mountain View. And then you had Lewiston also go down to the Treasure Valley to compete. And they were at that spring break tournament. Lewiston went three and one. They beat yeah. Centennial, Eagle, Rocky Mountain. And their one loss came to Mountain View by one, 11 to 10. So I think that kind of tells the story right there, right? Lewiston still class of the league. Yeah, I think so for sure. And, you know, the other thing that we talked about last year, I think it was the title for an episode was like head to Lewiston, um, you know, early in the season. It, it just made me think of, I think, Post Falls to get their first games in this year. And I can't remember if it was Sandpoint or Lake City they played against. They had to drive down to Lewiston to play those games um, just to get them in. So both teams taking a road trip down to down to Churchfield uh, in Lewiston to get their games on early in the year. But um you know, I think we could see that a lot this spring if it's going to be wet like it is supposed to be this week um, up here. That uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting man. The snow is finally gone for the most part. We've got most of the, the parking lot piles are all gone, hopefully. But right, um, hopefully the weather holds off that we don't end up with like what we had last year, where the rain just I mean wreaked havoc for like a good two week stretch during the season. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's go to uh, the softball side of it then, and we'll just we'll start at the 5A IEL where hardly anybody's played yet, so you can't put too much stock into what's happened so far. Coeur d'Alene has the top three hitters in terms yep. of batting average. They've got three or four of the top five, and they have six of the top eight. So Coeur d'Alene's had some hot hitting to start. Uh, Chloe Burke is leading the way with a 545 average. Um, Lewiston, we know is good. They've got, uh, three Barney girls or they had three Barney girls last year. Now there's only two. Um, and then, you know, post falls with second year coach Katie sin, I think also is a team to keep an eye on. Yeah. And that's a young roster too. I mean, you look at their one experienced player, I believe is Katie Berg. Um, but they've got athletes on that, in that team. And that was a team last year that went what 16 and eight. Um, so yeah, I, I look at Coeur d'Alene being their early favorite in that conference, just based on the pieces that they have there. Um, Lewiston could certainly, I think, make some noise, especially with uh, Barney on the mound. I mean, pitching, I think that that's, that's a, certainly a, a good role for her. And um, I know their coach likes that lineup as far as what they've got this year. Um, we'll see how they can hit. I think that's going to be the question mark is if they can generate runs. We know that they can field and pitch, but if they can start generating runs, that's a dangerous team. Um, Lake City is, you know, they struggled last year. We'll see how they respond this year, but um, it should be an interesting conference, at least I think between the top three teams. Yeah, you want to talk about pitching power at the top. Jenna Barney from Lewiston, you talked about. She's thrown 22 innings so far this year, 20 strikeouts. It's almost <laughs> a strikeout per inning. That's, that's impressive. And, and <laughs> that's a ridiculous stat. Yeah. 
And and uh, Lexi McCarroll from Post Falls has also thrown 22 innings. She has 23 strikeouts, so yeah, she is averaging a strikeout per inning. So. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I mean, that's bordering on like what Tacey Watkins is doing too. So <laughs> oh, we'll that, get uh, to her. Yeah, don't we'll worry. To, <laughs> don't worry about that one. Yeah, but uh, no, I like I like the five A. I think the league is super competitive this year, and it'll be exciting to see how things shake out. I really am looking that like there is going to be a legitimate contender come out of the North this year in softball. Yes. Uh, Post Falls is one and one in league play. Nobody else has played in league yet. And uh, you're going, well, where did the one and one split come? It came with Moscow. So let's yeah. go to the 4AIEL where Moscow is already gotten the split with Post Falls. Um, we know Lakeland typically this is has be a fun league this year. I think right? the 4A is going to be interesting. What do you, how do you think it's going to shake out? Um, I think it's going to be really similar to last year. I think it might come down to, to Lakeland and Moscow. I really do. Lakeland returned a lot of pieces from that magical run that they kind of ended up with last year that they entered state as an eight seed and made it to the fourth place game. Um, you know, the Hawks returned some, uh, there's some of the t- players from that team and they do have some youth in there too, but so does Moscow. Um, I look, you know, kind of down the stretch, what can, take place i mean if we see a slug fest in a in a loser out game you know for who makes it to state that's certainly not going to surprise me if we see a 14 to 12 game or something like that to end the year but that's just kind of the nature of softball in north idaho sandpoint last year struggled i know that they returned some some decent players from that team so you know if they can just build some momentum and see if that program could start to turn around this year it'd be a good year for it um, but the foray, you know, I'd just say right now, keep an eye on Moscow and Lakeland. Yeah. And that's going to be, they're all going to kind of beat up on each other as the uh, season progresses, uh, for sure. Um, three, a it's, it's Bonner's Ferry. It's Timberlake. This is Timberlake steal to lose. Bonner's Ferry is, is trying to rebuild their program a little bit. They, they struggled last year. They're off to a tough start this year. And Timberlake is so good. Cassie Lupinacci does such a great job with that program. She's a great coach. Um, Acacia Pacor uh in the in the pitcher circle for timberlake this year 22.2 uh, innings pitched 33 strikeouts already <laughs> just saying and i believe that that's against one of those games was against uh, st mary's too so yes you know that's that, yeah that's impressive <laughs> so. and, and and pacor also batting 333 at the plate logan walsh ashley grantham topanga rojas jesse kitchen i mean uh, timberlake's got so many outstanding players that they are that's- that's Go an all name team too. I mean, like <laughs> yes. that's just awesome names. <laughs> right. The the all name team, uh, for sure. So, so yeah, so for Timberlake, it's all about can we get to state and break through and end Homedale's little run of excellence at, at the three A level for, for Timberlake. I, I think they've got a shot. Yeah, if um, you can get to state and get a good draw and you get, you know, Picor on a on a run, you know, on the mound early in a in those state games. I mean, that makes for a big difference. I mean, even if you don't need to use her necessarily in game one, and you get a good offensive production behind her or behind whoever's on the mound, that's I, I like Timberlake a lot. Um, I think that they could definitely make some noise this year for sure. Okay, let's move to the two A CIL Central Idaho League, whereas promised. Casey Watkins from St. Mary's <laughs> newsflash. She's, she's still really good. <laughs> she So they played, they played Timberlake and lost four to one, but Watkins had 17 strikeouts in that loss against uh, that lineup. That's yes. so freaking good. That's I so know. good. She, she, to me, she's the best pitcher in the state. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. I would, I would put money on that one for sure. 
So Tacey has thrown 21 and a third innings. She has 45 strikeouts already. That's more than two per inning. <laughs> she had 226 last year. So, I mean, I think she's on pace to, I think, beat that by at least 60, if I'm not mistaken. I mean. If I'm doing the math correctly, like, it's she's going to beat her strikeout number from last year if she continues this clip. Yeah, and she's got a .98 ERA. I mean, we're talking microscopic oh, numbers here. No, that's that's worse than last year, though. She was a .5 last year. <laughs> No, oh, she's doubled her ERA. I mean, how dare her? <laughs> right. And, and so for St. Mary's, they've they've been basically in the final three of the last couple of seasons. Can they break through? I think it's wide open this year. You, yeah. you know, Malata will be good again. Uh, West Jefferson will be good again. St. Mary's will be good. Those were the final three last year. I could easily see it being those three again this year. The question is, is can St. Mary's get enough offense? at yep. state to break through so you know on the team that we talk about offense i think the team that's going to be one to watch out of the conference though is going to be kellogg if we're speaking about offense i think that they can hit um but you know it's like if you're getting, being handcuffed by tacy watkins and you can manufacture at least five runs a game i think that really increases your winning percentage significantly if you're saint mary's but um i would keep an eye on kellogg i think that they could certainly make things interesting in that league Yes, Kellogg will be good. I think Orofino um, could could be sneaky. And Grangeville, also Maddie yeah. Thacker in the circle is a pretty good pitcher for Grangeville also. Um, okay, and then we've got at the 1A level, kind of a similar story, not quite the level of dominance that we've seen in baseball, but generally the champion seems to come from the north in 1A softball. Mm -hmm. Glens Ferry did win it a couple years ago, but um, you, know, you look at the White Pine League, and just like in baseball, it's not a question of, you know, will the league – come through with the championship but but it's which team claims that title yeah and i think what didn't notice they were competitive last year too at state if i'm not mistaken so so they were so notice was pretty decent but the yeah. the thing with notice is that they may not have enough players for a team this year yeah, which is just they're they're kind of trying to get enough players and they haven't actually they've kind of postponed their early games to try and drum up enough interest but man that's a sad deal down there yeah sure. that would be that'd be really sad because they were super competitive last year yeah. but uh you know speaking of the 1a you know up the north i mean gosh you have to look at clearwater valley kendrick prairie i mean i think is your big three right now um oh and you mean you didn't you didn't even mention potlatch Pot, potlatch is no, but here's the deal no but i think coming in early potlatch uh, is really good we know they're good but i think that there may be a little bit of this feeling of like changing of the guard type of situation going. We just based on the athletes that are within each, each in, you know, program respectively. I, it's a five, it's a five, top five. Like there's a five team like stack up on top. I really look at it that way. And who comes out any given day and, and gets hot? Potlatch, I think, is going to be really freaking good. Um, Genesee, I think, is going to be really good as well. They return, I think, the entire lineup that they had last year. I don't think they graduated anybody. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I look at Kendrick's got a pretty good core group of girls too. And so, um, you know, and certainly I wouldn't, I'm gosh, I'm looking at it too. And like, who else is there is like Prairie. Yeah. They've got Tara Schlater, um, Ember Martin. There's man, that's a good, that's I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like stuck. I'm like, that's such a good conference. I don't know if I can pick the winner yet. I, I will stick with potlatch as the early season favorite. Um, but I really look that this year, I think we're going to see a dark horse win districts. I really do. Okay. So, so potlatch, um, you know, ha had Rebecca Butterfield the past 
couple of years really lead that pitching staff. She's now graduated. You know, who takes who takes the mantle? They've still got Josie Larson. Um, they've still got Tava McKin, uh, McKinley. Um, I think Potlatch has some pretty good athletes. Jessica Kitola quietly has been a very good pitcher for Clearwater Valley early yep. on this season as well. So to me, it's still Potlatch, and, and we'll see who else can maybe challenge. But, yeah, the White Pine League is going to be a lot of fun to watch in softball for sure. So, uh, and again, we have spring sports previews for track and field, baseball and softball all at the top of the homepage on idahosports.com. If you want to see what's happening, not just up North, but you know, kind of statewide, who are the teams we're we're focused on that we think might do well athletes, all that good stuff. It's all right there at idahosports.com as we are off and running with the spring sports season, Ryan. Yeah, you know, just kind of a random one. We talked about tennis, but I think that we can mention golf. Is small yeah. school golf in North Idaho better than 5A to 4A this year? Ooh, that's an interesting – I think the Coeur d'Alene Vikings would disagree with that and, and sure. Moscow maybe, but uh, we'll As see. As a whole, I mean, like that. There's, there's some really good small school teams up here this year, so I think it'll be interesting to see. At least on the girls' side, I like, I like Barners Ferry a whole lot. Um, you know, and I think that there's, there's a reason to like that team too, but it'll be interesting to see how things shake out down the season. Cause I think St. Mary's boys has been really competitive early on as well. So, yeah. yes, we had the season opening, uh, in invite in Clarkston a couple, couple weeks ago. And again, it's just the three, a two, a one, a schools that are, that are golfing in the spring. Um, yep. your medalist was Seth Swallows of St. Mary's. He went over and actually won the individual title. Um, but you're right. Teams we're looking at Bonner's very girls. Kellogg always is very strong in both boys and girls golf. St. Mary's boys and girls always seem to be good. Uh, and you mentioned Genesis prep has yep. a couple of good golfers. Yeah. Genesis prep's got a couple that uh, are noteworthy. And, and I think that we'll see this kind of, take shape i guess as you could say like as things go further on down the season obviously but there's uh there's some competitors we may see a medalist come out of the north for sure i think at least respectively a two-way in the boys side and maybe three in the girls side yeah it definitely could happen so we'll we'll keep an eye on spring golf as well we'll find out weather wise you know which was better fall or spring <laughs> so, so far the courses play completely different too that's that's what's so crazy about having that split season with the large school and small schools that those courses play completely different early in the year than they do late in the year too. Yes, for sure. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, hopping back in with us here on the North Idaho prep cast. We'll be with you every week uh, to talk about what's going on in the spring sports landscape from now till the end of the school year. So uh, it's good to be back in it. Uh, thanks for tuning in everybody for Ryan Skaggs. I'm Brandon Bainey and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.